Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Unity FM 93.5. You're tuned into Parenting Hour and this is your host Kathleen Roach Nagy with you for the next hour, inshallah. The phone number here in the studio is always the same. In case you've forgotten it, it is 0121 Please ring us in if you've got any queries or if you've got any queries after the show or any questions for our guest speaker this week. And I think there will be a lot of questions this week, inshallah. Or maybe you'd like to email the studio at studio at unityfm.net and also they will pass on any emails that uh, you sent in to us also, inshallah. Thank you to our Inspire FM listeners. It's lovely having you tuned in every week to our show also down in Luton. Jazakallah uh, here and for all the families down there that are listening and all the families all around the world. If you're listening online or on your download app, I know it is very, very useful. I like the app I have it on my phone and I find it very useful to, to listen to Unity FM when I'm continuing to need the housework um, as we're a bit outside even Birmingham and we can get it on the app, which is brilliant. So it, it's great, mashallah, having you all here tuned in this week. Um, we've had a lot happening since last week. We have a new president in America, President Trump. So a lot of changes may be happening there. But even nearer home, we've got a lot of changes that's happening at the moment. If we're just talking about the education system, which we're going to be talking about today, what's going on in Birmingham with the education system? What are some of the changes? And this actually is not just for Birmingham. So if you're tuned into other cities in the UK, it will be the same information will be acceptable or applicable to you also in those cities. You will need to know when to register your child for school. What's the difference in all the schools? What's the difference between academies and non-academies? We're going to ask and answer all those questions here this morning or this afternoon, inshallah, with uh, Sister Rebecca Williams, who is here with the studio with me. Assalamu alaikum, Rebecca. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. Welcome back to us again. I know it's lovely always having you in the studio, mashallah. Thank you. It's great to spend time with you too. Mashallah. Very, very knowledgeable person, mashallah. Rebecca has worked in education for over 16 years now, mashallah, and is a very well-known tutor, actually very hard to get people onto your waiting lists. I know you're you're very well-known in Birmingham and you've got a lot of advice. I Every time I bring you on the show, it's overwhelming the amount of advice that you have and the amount of knowledge that you have, especially about the changing systems. And it's really hard out there for parents to know what's going on if they're not in tune or not on the website to find out the changes that's yes. happening. The education system has changed enormously in recent years. It's always changed. There's always been new things brought in. But from the perspective of parents and applying for and choosing schools, the situation has certainly become more complicated. Mm-hmm. And that can certainly put parents at a disadvantage when trying to navigate the system and find the best school and the best provision Mm -hmm. for their child. Mm -hmm. It is very difficult if you're not in in the system or don't know where to go or if your child is not going to a nursery or not involved with um, children's centres or organisations like ourselves even to help that process. So where, where do you go for information? And even for for people who are involved in education, the, the process of trying to get a school place in Birmingham in year 
can be very stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are applying for a reception place, mm-hmm. where the deadline passed last mm-hmm. week. Um, passed already. Oh, sorry, <laughs> listeners. We should have done this a week ago so that you would have known that to apply for your child. Hopefully, you know, I mean, nurseries are certainly very good at getting that information out. If you're a regular user of libraries, you will have seen posters and booklets mm-hmm. in the library. The closing date for primary school applications was the 16th of January. And just in case any of our listeners are from outside of the UK, it's important to explain Mm. that in the UK, children generally start school in the September of the year after they are four. So if your child is four, let's say in August, Mm -hmm. they'll tend to start school in September. Um, and that's actually very hard for some parents to realise. And I have had a yes, child like it's this. I've had two children like this. Compared to the rest of the world, yeah. it's an extremely unusual system mm-hmm. for children to start school so early. so early. And of course, it's different in Scotland, isn't it? Because I remember living in Scotland one time and we yes. had a different system up there. They measured in February, I think. Not, I'm not fully not aware September. of the Scottish system, yeah, so but it, it certainly is different. Mm. And they have different year groups. Mm-hmm. Education is not compulsory until the term after your child turns five. So you can technically keep your child in lo- at home. You don't need to register as home educated because education is not compulsory until the term after your child turns five. They can mm-hmm. then go to a school or you can take responsibility for home educating yourself. Mm-hmm. The problem, the flaw with that system is... By that point, there are no places in good schools left. And so parents have almost ended up with a difficult situation where they may not want their four-year-old to be going to a full-time school, particularly if they're a summer-born baby, and particularly Mm -hmm. if they're a boy who are often Mm -hmm. not as ready for school at that age. Mm -hmm. But yet, if you do not apply now and take up that place now, you may find it very, very difficult to get your child into a school later. Mm -hmm. This is the, the situation. Um, And it's the difficulty. And it's really hard like this because we were just talking a couple of weeks ago about moving houses and parents moving houses and what they need to do about moving houses. There's a lot with surveys and everything else. And that's a lot of information to take in. And then they think, oh, I have to do all of this about schools as well at the same time or even... It's a lot to manage. It is a lot to manage. our children. Um, Obviously, if you apply by the deadline, getting a reception school place should not be that difficult or stressful. But good schools are exceptionally oversubscribed and schools Mm -hmm. in highly populated areas in Birmingham are so oversubscribed that even if you don't live within 200 metres, you may not get a place. That's one thing. But Mm. if you're applying in year, for example, you've moved to Birmingham Mm -hmm. recently or you've moved house within Birmingham to a different area, that's when it can be quite stressful finding an available school place. And so just to backtrack a little bit, Mm. if you're thinking about applying for your child's primary school place and let's say your child is two or three, so you have to apply next year, Mm. the information that you need will be found on the birmingham.gov.uk website by searching for primary education booklet. These can be picked up uh, from libraries but are available online right now as a PDF and they are enormous because Birmingham is the largest local authority in Europe and we have around 430 schools in this authority. Um, Compare that to somewhere like Solihull which is still relatively large. They have around 70 schools. So you see how we are an exponentially large authority. So that booklet is huge. All of the primary schools are listed. Their admissions criteria, um, their applications process, how to apply, and that is the first thing that parents need to look at. Mm. Get themselves that booklet by Googling Birmingham 
primary education booklet and seeing all the information available in there. And is there a catchment area? So if you've moved into a new area, do you need to look up, are you in the catchment area? How would you know are you in the catchment area for different <coughs> schools? Solihull still operate catchment areas, but in Birmingham, for the majority of schools, it's simply distance as the crow flies. Okay. And the primary education uh, booklet will tell you the last distance of the last child admitted last year who wasn't a sibling because in the majority of schools siblings get priority Mm -hmm. so they might say the last child admitted was 1.1 kilometers away for example Mm -hmm. and then you can use you know internet really to look up how far you are mm-hmm. as the crow flies not google maps we're not doing words as the crow flies though you can google for that information or mm. to get the most up-to-date information because sometimes it's not exactly the same you could get in touch with birmingham admissions mm-hmm. by email admissions at birmingham.gov.uk or by finding their telephone number in the booklet and they will tell you also as the crow flies i didn't That's hear right. of this you before, can say so this, this is, is my address different. this is my postcode how far am i from xyz school school as they, the crow flies do you they'll give you that? the meters they'll give okay, you the meters away that, you, that they believe you are because if i was doing that i would look at google maps right. and i would have put it down and maybe i could have been a mile out mm-hmm. <laughs> or even more. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you can do that. But have mm. a you know, send an email or have a list of the schools mm. where you want to know exactly mm-hmm. um where you stand. Remember that schools do prioritise siblings. Yeah. And for some of our schools the majority of children entering the school will be siblings because schools are so oversubscribed. Um, The population in Birmingham has grown quite exponentially since 2003 when the birth rates started to rise. Um, It's grown because of increased population within Birmingham residents. It's grown because of others moving to Birmingham. Got a lot of jobs here, a lot of opportunities from other cities in the UK, from Europe and from across the world. So there is significant pressure on school places. It's fair to say that there aren't really enough school places in Birmingham to cater for parental choice. I think that's fair to say. And that's where it becomes stressful, trying to navigate the system. We are fortunate, however, in Birmingham that unlike other local authorities such as Worcestershire, we have six option choices um, when we are choosing the schools that we want our child to go to. So you can at least hope that they would get into one of those six, but you do need to think very carefully. Is that for primary Um, school as well as secondary school that they have six? It's a good question. You've Mm. caught me on that. Um, (laughs) It used to be five for primary, six for secondary, Mm -hmm. but I do wonder if they have increased primary. Mm. Um, That's something that would be clear on the primary. On the website. And of course when you apply. Yes. When you apply, it'll tell you on the form how many choices you have. So we're talking about applying, you know, for the primary school. How could parents decide? I know a lot of parents think of the nearest school to them, but maybe they might like to look and see if that school is doing well, if that school is right for that child. How would they decide that? Yes, choosing your local school is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's uh, not easy to make long commutes, particularly for small children. And being in an area where you, as as parents, can build a community. You Mm -hmm. see, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm -hmm. And if you're part of your school community, you make connections with other parents and you can all raise your child together, essentially. working with each other and it's good to be part of that community. The other problem with travelling is the possibility that you wouldn't get into a school that was that far Mm. from you, the way that admissions are Mm -hmm. in Birmingham right now. 
you wouldn't want to investigate any school that you send your child to. But for primary school, I'm going to say something quite unusual, perhaps it's just based on my own experience and opinion, which is never 100% perfect because I'm human. And that would be that your most important consideration is how well is that school going to care for your child? And you'd be surprised. Was I not supposed to say a most important consideration was the school results? It isn't. A primary school child who starts school at a very, very tiny age of four needs to feel secure and cared for. Mm -hmm. You need to know that your child is secure and cared for. And a child who is secure and well cared for will then tend to do well academically. They'll be able to reach their potential. A child who's stressed, unhappy, bullied, who feels that they are not secure. Mm -hmm. or where you or the child don't have a trusting relationship with the school, that that's not really what we want to aim for. However, it tends to go hand in hand because only a very well-organised school cares for children adequately. Mm -hmm. If the school is failing in terms of organisation, leadership and quality of staff, then the caring will be low and so will the academic standards. So they often do go hand in hand, mm -hmm. to be completely honest. But that's the first thing that I would check. Mm -hmm. um, how do they view children? And, how could, and that's really a very good and lovely tip for parents. How can you check that? From mm -hmm. paper, you can't see that. Mm -hmm. From uh, even maybe visiting the school, it's, uh, unless you meet a lot of the teachers, yes. a lot of people, maybe talk to some uh, other parents. Schools, I've worked in many, many different schools, and schools have very different ethos. Mm -hmm. What is important? You can ask these questions. What's important to you as a school? How do you see children? Um, I once visited a school, and I just had a meeting there, um, small children were coming out of what I understand was the nursery class. Mm -hmm. These children were three and four years old. They were in the mm -hmm. nursery class. And the way the teacher shouted at them and actually threw their coats at them across mm -hmm. the corridor, and some of them were not that independent in actually mm -hmm. being capable of putting their coats on, mm -hmm. um, the way that those children were treated, um, it, it stays with me now. Mm -hmm. And that must have been something like 14 years ago. Uh -huh. I remember sitting in reception in another school at least a decade ago, waiting for a meeting with um, the head. And a boy came in crying from the playground. He was a very tiny boy. I mean, I'm guessing four or five years old. Mm -hmm. It was September. Um, so I remember distinctly, first few weeks of term, maybe he just started school. Mm -hmm. He was crying because he had been stung by a wasp. And... Um, a lunchtime supervisor came with him, spoke to him roughly, told him to sit down, left him there. I just sat there I and mean, yeah, I wasn't mm -hmm. sure what to do because mm -hmm. I'm not in a position where I can reach out or mm -hmm. do a lot uh, to the boy. That is essentially something the school had to step in and do. The receptionist leaned over the desk and the glass in between and shouted at him, what's your name, what's your name? The boy was too upset, he seemed overwhelmed, and he was unable to give his name. The receptionist then said, um, well, if you're not going to tell me your name, I can't help you. <sighs> at that moment, the head teacher arrived to take me in, and I stood up and I said, there's a boy here, he's been stung by a wasp, he needs help. Mm -hmm. And she did call somebody to help him. But had that altercation not happened, mm -hmm. and had I not said something, and had the head not walked in at that point, how long would the boy have sat there? Mm -hmm. Is that what we want for our child? Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. narrating real stories. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid when you go and spend time at a school and you talk to the teachers and you see their attitudes to the children. I have been in senior meetings at schools where the children have been repeatedly called brats. 
I've been in meetings where deputy heads have not said our pupils, not said our children, but said the brats, the brats. I'm being honest because I need you as parents to understand that it's not the results or the Ofsted that's important, but that your child is cared for. And I don't mean to scare anybody, but we go in taking such great care to check and analyse well, the I'm results scared. of schools. I'm scared now, To actually. check and to analyse the results oh. of schools. But what we want to be doing is talking to the staff, engaging yeah. what their attitude is. I mean, I come from a generally Montessori educational approach, and that mm. approach places great emphasis on respect for children, mm. respect for children from the younger stage, respect for their capabilities and possibilities. And I would want a school to be telling telling me the same things. As, yeah. mm-hmm. So really you need your eyes and ears open, watch, look, yes. ask questions, talk to other parents, yes. find out something about the school, yes. which is that lovely nurturing environment, uh, something that something was very high for me when I was sending my children to primary school, yes. that they have that lovely nurturing, caring environment. Because That's as you right. say, if children are happy, feel safe, yes. they will progress academically wise. Yes. And you can always keep an eye on their academic wise and their scores and their grades, but it's very difficult to get children to talk about their feelings or how they're treated mm. or because they may not, not even have the language when they're very young to be able to express that to you. Yes, yes. Mm. I think for secondary it is a little different. Mm-hmm. And at secondary school, children are far more autonomous. Mm. They're 11. They're able to communicate to you. Mm-hmm. And all your care is important. At secondary, um, the academic standards of the school become increasingly very, very important. Mm-hmm. So the advice I've given there was for, for primary for yes. primary but as of course we're starting off we're, and we're, a lot of we're talking about age four and five in the reception years in primary as your child progresses in primary you would be able to know whether they're achieving academically wise whether the school is doing good you'll go to parents evenings you'll talk to the pair the teachers you'll yes. talk to other parents so you'll get some knowledge from SATs and these results that come it's out tricky quite because previously children were levelled and we had what we called national curriculum levels mm-hmm. and some parents found those easier to understand so if your child was working at level 3 or level 4 or 4C mm-hmm. or 4A and mm-hmm. there were certain specific milestones um, levels have been scrapped and yeah. different schools may have different means of reporting um, on children's progress and analysing children's progress. So it's not always as easy for parents to know exactly where their child stands. Mm. The other thing I tend to find, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, is that teachers may often want to be reassuring to parents. Your child's doing well. Your child's mm. okay. Your child's making progress. But from an actual um, academic point of view, if your child is academic and you want to push them academically, they might not be working at a very high level and that's why parental involvement with your child's education is vital. If you buy yourself, your child a workbook for year five and your child's really struggling with that workbook for year five, mm-hmm. you know, then it might be time to put in extra support mm-hmm. at home. If your child, you know, and, and so on, you know, seeking advice, getting mm-hmm. help. A parents' evenings can be really fast, and that's understandable. Mm-hmm. A teacher has 30 children, and she can't stay there till midnight. She mm-hmm. can't talk to each parent for half an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to go in with a set of questions. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so if you're specifically asking about attainment, um, how is my child attaining? What progress have they made in the last term or the last year? Is this sufficient progress? Do you mm-hmm. feel they should make faster progress? Um, what can we do at home to support them? Those kind of mm-hmm. questions can mm-hmm. be really helpful in your 
your conversation with the teacher. But ultimately, um, raising a child's academic achievement comes from home mm-hmm. as much as from school. Mm-hmm. You have to understand the limitations that teachers have. 30 children, sometimes more, in a class. Um, significant budget cuts to Birmingham schools mean that many classes don't have teaching assistants. So you're one teacher. Yeah. You have, let's say, 33 children. Mm-hmm. And those children are of exceptionally varying um, levels. A few in that class might have significant special needs. Mm-hmm. Many more might have some form of special needs. There might be behavioural problems. There might um, be some children who've arrived and they don't speak any English yet. And the teacher might be working hard to integrate those children. But in terms of you know the actual one-to-one support that that teacher, no matter how good and sincere they are, can give to your child, it's not going to match what you can do for your child. And And I love this because this is what we say in our parenting courses as well. Right from pregnancy, you should be engaged in building a relationship with your child, talking to your child, reading stories, whether it is stories or Koran or whatever, but reading it out loud. So you not just building that relationship, but actually the child is getting to know you and feel secure. And we know that that... uh, as the child is from the pregnancy right up to the age of three helps to build the brain cells together so the synapses come together which forms the intelligence later on and parents often forget this and just talking and communicating with your child it's interesting because my (laughs) eldest son it's an adult he's an Mm. adult now and student and he teaches he tutors a class and he was talking to me just yesterday about one of his pupils Mm. um he said, oh, she, um, she has a lot of general knowledge. Mm. She knows a lot of things. It actually helps so a lot in comprehension and when we're completing vocabulary work and reading work because she has quite a lot of knowledge of the world, mm. this particular girl. I said, I bet that's because her parents talk to her a lot. He mm. said, oh, yes, but they do. She always mm-hmm. talks to me about how her dad talks to her. Yeah. She says, my dad told me that. My dad mm. sat in the car with me. He showed me how the gear stick worked. Yeah. My dad told me about the engine. My dad told me about Donald Trump. Yeah. And, and so we're seeing this child making great academic progress. Mm. Why? Because, because the parents, parents are involved. They talk. And, and from an early age, the more we mm-hmm. talk to our children and... We'll have a surprise to tell now our listeners and because if they want to find out more about this and if they are pregnant or have a child up to the age of three, we have a course starting next week on the 30th, which is co- totally free. So they can ring the studio at uni- at 0121-772-8892 or you can contact Approachable Parenting on 0121 double seven three eight six four three or look up our website and you can actually book a place on that course which is free for two hours every Monday if you want to try and think of how am I preparing my child for the world later on this is where you start at pregnancy or up to the age of three so listeners if you're tuned in or if you know of other people we still have places on that course and it's in George Street in Birmingham in Bosal Heath in B12 do ring us and book a place though because places are very precious so don't leave it until um, the end of the week Tuesdays today places will be booked up very quickly so please ring in very soon and book your place on that course sorry Rebecca no, I just that wanted sounds to sounds brilliant it sounds like an excellent course I was talking to my sister a few days ago she recently had a baby her mm-hmm. baby is four months old now my sister's younger than me <laughs> and um, she was saying to me you know, so she's got this one you've got one child and mm-hmm. she said well you know, I, I Everybody has different personalities. Mm-hmm. My sister's a relatively quiet personality. She said, um, I find it hard to just sit and talk to her. Mm-hmm. And I was just, that's fine. 
And you don't need to be ashamed of that. Um, I said to her, pick up a book. Mm -hmm. Your baby's four months old. Sit her on your lap. Pick up a big picture book, obviously, not Mm -hmm. War and Peace, Tolstoy. Um, (laughs) But pick up a big picture book and um, look at the pictures and talk to her about the pictures Mm -hmm. and read rhymes and poems and sing songs Mm -hmm. because this is the the crucial early development of your child's literacy mm-hmm. and where there are literacy and comprehension and writing problems later on in later secondary years I'm afraid it often is because the child didn't receive that literacy stimulation when they were earlier literacy um, is not about sitting a three-year-old down to complete workbooks and online programs and rush them through uh, the ability to read quickly I'm not an advocate for that it's about talking ultimately it's about that parent the park who stands by the pond and looks at the ducks and says to their two-year-old in the pushchair, can you see the ducks? Look at the mm-hmm. ducks. The duck says, quack, quack. Look at that duck. He's putting his head in the water. Mm-hmm. Why is the duck putting his head in the water? Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to get food deep down in the slushy undergrowth under the water. Mm-hmm. Think about the rhythm and rhyme of the language that you're talking to. Think about building in vocabulary mm. to your discussions mm. with the children, adding better words, longer words, describing words mm-hmm. from an early age. Mm-hmm. And that child will grow up to find it easy to access books, literature, comprehension, to yeah. communicate, to write. Um, from an early age, you're absolutely right. Start this course to do something like that. Um, it will help the child. Yes. Brilliant. Great advice. Thank you. Yes, and it's building their imagination as well as, as vocabulary, which is superb and they if you are talking to them and including them even if it's about your work they will repeat some of the things back in their own context uh, yes. I remember playing with a little child recently and he he said at the end of it well this was good teamwork I thought wow yes. how did you know that about teamwork yes. you know children do come out <laughs> and there, you know, there are poetry books. I think the works is quite good. Often mm. we we have works on our high street, uh, local to us, um, and they have lots of great poetry anthologies, mm-hmm. collections of poetry for young children. Mm-hmm. So one great start to your child's literacy at an early age, or even if your child's already eight, nine or ten, is to buy something like that and go through the poems and say the poems with them together. Wonderful, wonderful advice. And I'm just looking at the time. We have to go into a commercial break, unfortunately, but we're coming back after the commercial break to continue about education and we'll move into secondary schools also inshallah so listeners do join into us after this short commercial break inshallah assalamu alaikum